Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 473 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, we'll be hearing from two of the bands I met at the Brood Music Festival. We've got Rainbreakers from Shrewsbury and Penkridge band Sugar Thief. They are on the way on the show. Also having a chat with Ian Billings all about a charity event he's doing, a parachute jump, he's mad. And also finding out about his other work, including looking forward to Panto. I know it's it's, it's five minutes away before we'll be at Christmas. Uh, that's coming up. Also, Samantha Wilmer's going to be letting us know about a recent survey which says that grandparents are being put upon to look after the kids that'll be interesting to hear about and we'll be catching up with Zamo from Grange Hill finding out well you need to get your kids teachers as a little gift too that's all on the way but reminiscing about some brilliant TV from when I were a lad Meanwhile, first of all, this year's Solihull Summerfest comes along a bank holiday weekend in August, the 25th and the 26th. Load of great bands in action. One of those is Blue. To tell us more, Anthony, hello. Hello, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, and how is Mr Costa? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, enjoying the sunshine and, uh, yeah, loving life. A busy time for you guys. <laughs> the band have been doing all sorts of things. I know we've seen you on stage at the Grand Theatre in Wolverhampton in the last few months with the other work that the rest of the lads are doing. It must be quite nice to get back together and play a few songs. Yeah, no, it's good, it's good to get back together and you know, do your gig here and there. Yeah, we love it. We absolutely thrive on it. We've been in it for, like, 18, 19 years now. You still put that buzz off crowds, singing songs back to you and enjoying themselves, and that's what it's all about. It's about... It's about love, it's about happiness, and it's about, you know, forgetting your troubles outside. Well, it's like 40 million singles you've sold worldwide, and uh, wow. that's going to mean there's going to be a lot of people out there loving every one of those tunes you play. Well, I hope so, mate. That's what it's about. You know, it's nice to, A, it's nice to be invited, and B, it's nice to perform. So we just hope the people of Sully Hall and, and the surrounding areas come out and enjoy themselves and have a good time. Well, it's down at Tudor Grange Park, and it's the third year that they've had the event down there. And it's it, it must be good doing the festival. I mean, what's it like doing a festival compared to one of your own gigs? Uh, I suppose it, it's a little bit different because not everyone's there just to see you, but you know with your music they're going to love every minute anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously when you're doing your own tour or your own concerts, 99% of the people are there to see you, so... It's all down on you. Whereas when you're in a festival situation, as you just said, people are there to other bands, and you come on, you do your little bit, and then you go off again. And it's just that's what it's about. It's about coming on, going off, and, and going home. That's <laughs> what you know. Yeah, but but did you enjoy taking part in the whole festival feel though? Yeah, love all that, love all the festival vibe. You know, we just come back off tour, um, supporting Steps, and we just loved hanging out with them, and and you know they were lovely, and they were just. It's just nice to be able to mix with other bands that you don't normally mix mix with. So. When it's your own concert, you're obviously there on your own with the boys. So it's nice when you're in a festival environment or, you know, party in a park environment that there's loads of other bands. You can have a little bit of hopefully a laugh and, and a bit of a giggle. Yeah, because there's going to be uh, some uh, some tribute acts on stage uh, to get things going. Uh, but you've got the, the likes of Raksu, X Factor winners, Sister Sledge. They're on the same lineup as you. Wow, amazing. I mean, that's one that you probably would never have imagined going into it, but that must be great too. No, Sister Sledge, man. Classic, classic songs, you know what I mean? That's proper old-school soul music, disco music. So, yeah, can't wait, mate. Really can't wait. I, I don't know what else to say other than, you know, just hope the people enjoy themselves. It's going to be a good one. And uh, when you're choosing uh, to, what to play at a festival, that's obviously different to one of your own gigs. So uh, what, what songs really stand out for you when it is a festival vibe? Probably Your Eyes, One Love, uh, all the up-tempos, really, Too Close. I think a lot. I think when we do these festivals, we sort of keep the keep the set quite up tempo, quite light. Uh, don't want to go too heavy because it's 
you know, it's in the afternoon, people want to go out and enjoy themselves. Well, certainly blues music will allow them to do that. Sounds like it'll be an absolute treat. No, exactly. Top tips for, for for festivals? I mean, do you, do you try and sneak along to a few over the summer yourself incognito as well? No, I'm not, I don't really do that, man. I haven't really been to a festival for years, so obviously with the family and that, I, uh, you know, I just about get uh, um, exit, you know, exit visa, go and watch the football. So <laughs> to go off and go on down away for a couple of days for festival, I don't think it'll go down well. So it would, wouldn't it? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, keep that, I'll keep that to the youngsters, mate. How, how old is your youngest now? Four and uh, one years old, yes. And then a couple of days after the festival, we're looking to go on away on holiday. So, yeah, I'm going to let you do the gig and come home and pack, mate. <laughs> Rock the gig and pack. That's the way to do it. Sounds absolutely brilliant. Well, the Sully Hill Summer Fest is on on the 25th and 26th of August. A great lineup. Yeah. Blue, a part of uh, the Saturday. You've got Busted, the Beat Fishing Ranking, Roger. Some great uh, music throughout the whole weekend. Absolutely. Each day the gates open 11 through till 10. So if you want more information, uh, pop into the store at Touchwood in Solly Hill or go to sollyhillsummerfest.co.uk and you get full details. But for now, Anthony Costa of Blue, thank you for joining us. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, care, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your honor, please, gotta believe what I say. What I will tell happened just the other day I must confess cause I've had about enough I need your help gotta make this here thing stop baby I swear tell the truth about all the things we used to do and if you thought you had me fooled I'm telling you Blue and All Rise here on the Milk Bar. Rainbreakers have an album coming out in a few weeks' time, but they've got a single that's out there now. To tell us more, we have Ben with us now. Hello. Hello, how are we doing? All good here, and you having fun on the road? Absolutely. We've just, uh, just been at Cornbury Music Festival in Oxfordshire, and that was a that was a party, to say the least, and now we're, <laughs> we've come to your party up in Brood. Yeah, so a uh, good time to be had down here, and you're actually, uh, you're performing very, very soon, but t- tell us a bit about the album and everything that's been going on over the last few weeks. Yeah, well, we sp- we decided we wanted to release our debut album, um, and we've, we had the material already uh, so it's coming out on the 31st of August uh, our single came out a few months ago Heavy Soul uh, we wanted used it as an opportunity to raise awareness on mental health issues um, having suffered from some myself and you know I have some understanding not every understanding but mm-hmm. my own personal situation um, and we had a good reception we've had that played on radio and found ourselves playing at festivals we're going off into France and Spain and we're just constantly gigging on the road and uh, it's great fun to do it yeah and setting up a band and getting your music known these days is different to what it has been in the past but I suppose you guys at your age this is the only way you've known it with the internet to work with on all of this and is that what's helping to spread the word uh, yeah I think so I think there's also you have to have a, a maturity and understanding about um th- i think there's this kind of belief that you just be a band and someone will come and see you you get signed you go off and travel the world it's it I, I don't believe it can happen but i don't believe it works in that way so much now you have to be sort of all-encompassing we are our own 
uh, booking agents sometimes, we're our own PR guys sometimes, you know, we're, we ha- and we manage ourselves entirely. And then you pick people up as you keep going. So, like, we now have a booking agent and we now hire PR guys when we need them. And so, like, we, it, it's a process, and you, I think you have to be patient and persistent to, to get to where you want to be. And you've got to be good at some point. So. Well, is it, I was going to say, the good bit is the important part, and uh, the, the reception you're getting, obviously, it is working out for you. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about this last night over a beer. We're saying, like, when we go out on stage sometimes, I remember being a kid in our garage playing, and I just think, this is really weird. Why am I stood here? I don't understand. But I'm just going to keep standing there until someone's either telling me they don't want me there. Do you know what I mean? If like if we're getting the good reception and people aren't leaving when we're playing, then I'm, I'm fine. You know what I mean? It's, it's a privilege to be able to do it, um, and we're lucky you know in some respects but you have to create your own luck as well I believe in that well tell us about the set of the band and the music so there's four of us in there uh, my brother Sam is on drums uh, my best mate from when we were in school Pete is on bass and we used to play together when we were 14 around the pubs in the mm-hmm. local town and then we've got Charlie Richards on lead guitar who's, who's a sublime guitarist um, for 21 years of age he doesn't you wouldn't know that uh, and uh, we we've definitely got we're a guitar based band We've, we're a rock band, really. What we say is what we say, but there's definitely a blues influence in there, and their soul. We go from very sort of hard sounds, very sort of gritty, raw sort of sounds, but also then we can balance that out with some real soft, delicate stuff at the other end. Um, and we're trying, you know, we're, we're just trying to write honest songs uh, that are from the heart about personal experiences that I think most people at some point will experience themselves in their own lives, being very honest with, with ourselves, you know, um, and trying to build an honest following in the process. Working at it, making music, and hopefully putting a few smiles on people's faces, making them think when you need to think, but mostly uh, letting them rock out when it's required. Absolutely, you know, and it's just about playing. We just like to play, you know. And the minute that that wasn't there, we wouldn't be doing this anymore. We're, we're the only goal we have is to try and maintain it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Is give as much longevity as we can out of it, and just enjoy the process and the journey and experiences we get along the way because it's all valuable experience and you learn a lot about yourself and about life and it's great to do it and it's a nice way to to live my life i enjoy it you go for that meanwhile uh, where can people find out all about your life on the socials uh, best place to start is our website therainbreakers.com you can hit us up on facebook as well forward slash rainbreakers you can hit us on twitter i think it's forward slash rainbreakers uk and we're on instagram anything with a social like thing we're on there somewhere and you can you know totally get in touch with us if you want to have a chat we it's us you're talking to via email it's nobody else it's just us doing it so you've got a question fire them in we like to talk to people uh, and there's a pre-order available now on our website for the album which is also available on vinyl there's a limited edition which is on purple as well which is really cool um, but that, that's coming out I said on 31st of August but there's a pre-order live now at therainbreakers.com so check all that on there therainbreakers.com is the place to be meanwhile Ben thanks for having a chat absolutely thank you for having us see you again soon <laughs> Coming down on me, you're taking all my liberties. Never seen anyone like you make me feel the way you do. Worn out, heavy soul, sinking with a heart of gold. Worn out, heavy soul, sinking with a heart of gold. So come on and lay it down on me, like you do to all your enemies. Gotta take my supper. Thought we were friends It's not the way it's gonna be 
Rainbreakers, Shrewsbury Band, sounding absolutely fantastic. We will be hearing from another of the bands featured at Brood very soon. But first of all, with a parachute jump on the way, Panto booked, and loads of other stuff going on involving him travelling all around the world, the one and only Ian Billings is out causing trouble again. He's here with me now. Hello. I'm not causing any trouble. Yes, you are. You're always causing I'm, trouble. I'm very well behaved. I'm very well You're behaved. You're not exactly house trained, even. Come on. Well, we still have to put down newspaper occasionally. That's but, true. There we go. So uh, the, the, let's start off with a charity event. Let's you, start off at the very beginning. Yes. It's a very good place to start. Go on. 11th of August. Yes. You're throwing yourself out of a plane. I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> on the 11th of August, I'm throwing myself out, out, throwing myself out of a plane. And you're probably thinking, why? Uh, it, would it be for charity? Funnily enough, Jason, it's for charity, yes. That's good. I'm doing, I'm doing a parachute jump. I've never done it. Have you ever done a parachute jump? No, I've done a bungee jump, but never oh, yeah. a parachute jump. Yeah, see, bungee jump's a lot easier because you're attached to a thing that... Uh, yeah. Boing. Well, you're, you're going to be attached to someone else on the way down, I'm well, guessing. Yeah, it's a tandem jump. So you, you, you get thrown out of the plane with somebody attached to you. You were hoping for a bike, weren't you, at that point? You? Uh, yeah, ideally, or a tricycle or something. Yeah, that'd be that good. Have, but no, a tandem jump, you get somebody behind you, pushes you out, and you plummet earthwards, <laughs> mm. screaming various obscenities, and then eventually... Whoosh! Out comes the parachute, and hopefully, gently, gently drop down to the ground. See, I'm, I'm hoping there's video footage of this as well. Oh, there will be. There'll be, there'll be some kind of footage or photogra- photograph footage of some kind. This, so that's something to look forward to. And who are you doing that in aid of? Ah, this is for a charity that I'm very, very interested in called the Eve Brooks Scholarship Fund, mm-hmm. who uh, support young people in Birmingham uh, to raise funds to ma- allow them to go to university uh, to pay for the fees, basically. And it's a charity I've been working with on and off for about ooh, 10 years. And my friend Stephanie said, yeah. we're going to do some big events next year. If it's 20th anniversary of the charity, we're going to do some big events. Ian, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, well, I'll, I'll jump out of the plane. Didn't think any more about it. <laughs> a few months later, Stephanie came to me and said, Ian, remember you said you were going to jump out of a plane? Of course, I said, no. <laughs> And she reminded me, and so I'm, I'm, I have no choice. Yeah, you, you may not even have said it, it could just be she's convinced you did. Exactly. So there's me and there's Kim, who is a recipient of, of, from the, uh, the uh, Eve Brooks Scholarship Fund. So giving something back. Giving something back. We like that. He's jumping with me at the same time. Yep. So we're going to be tandem tandeming. Okay. You got that? There's a multiple in there somewhere. There's two people. Two, they know what I mean. Yeah, but there should be a word for that. Yes, there is. Good, what is it? No idea. Are you going to make one up? A quadruple. Okay. That's not even made up, but it, it, it'll do the job. So you've got all that. So if people want to support that, that's the important thing, first of all. Yes. Money. Where do we get money out of that? That's very good. So if you do want to pitch in with a few pounds, a few coppers, whatever you've got, two little pennies to rub together, you go to my website page, which is justgiving.com. Nobody's reading this off a piece of paper on the floor. Which no. is just... I could hold it up for you, but I'm going to say it out of my mouth. So it goes justgiving.com forward stroke fundraising forward stroke Ian. Is that a hyphen, would you that's say? That's a hyphen. That's a hyphen. Or a dash. Could be a dash. Billings. Billings, B-I-L-L-I-N-G-S. 
that's a way of raising funds for it. But let's talk about some of the other fun things that you're up to, because you're jetting off around the world in a plane without having to jump out of it. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm st- my next occasion, I'm, I'm staying in the plane. Yeah, all I'm, the way to the end. Hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed, I'm going to Switzerland. I'm doing, a, as you know, I write children's books. He does, and lots I'm, of them. Lots of them. And I'm uh, going to Switzerland to do a book signing tour of schools all around Switzerland. Now, you're probably thinking, Jason... You don't speak Swish. Swish. Swiss. <laughs> you don't speak English. I don't speak English very well. <laughs> but I, luckily, I speak just enough English to work in the English-speaking schools yes. in Switzerland. Uh-huh. And I also do that in other countries. And you eat a lot of Toblerone. And eat a lot of Toblerone. So I have a, a, a natural affinity with the Swish. Yes. Very nice. Where so next? I've got that coming up. Go on. And Where then, else? <laughs> then after that, I go to, to Dubai. Yeah. Now, what language do they speak over there? They speak English. Okay. Because I only speak English. Not very well, as you pointed out. And I'm going to do a production of The Little Gingerbread Man. That sounds good fun. Do you get to eat gingerbread in that one as opposed to Toblerone? Yeah, I I, I changed my confectionery with every job. (laughs) It's on the rider. And so I'll be directing that. I'll be touring around schools all around Dubai over the Christmas period. So that's another busy one. And then... And then, Jason... You're in Panto. <laughs> before I go to Panto. Oh, before Panto. There's um, one before that. I'm, I'm writing a book with a school in Wolverhampton. Oh, you're good at these. Yes. They like this, don't they? I, I, I go to schools, I get ideas from children, we write the book together, we print the book, and I give the book to the children at the end of the process, which is about two weeks. And, um, yeah, so I'm doing that with East Park Primary School in Wolverhampton in October. So that's, that's that. as good. And, and then, then, is then the Panto. And then, you're getting, you're getting very excited about this, Jason. Yeah. It's Panto time. Because you're, and because you're out of the area, I'm, if I want to see the Billings in Panto, I'm going to travel. This, yes. is, this is weird. Normally, I go to Telford or, or well, Litchfield or something, but no, well, not this time. Last two years, I was in Litchfield. Last ten years prior to that, I was in Telford. This year, where am I? You're exported to Bridlington. Bridlington. Yes. Which is that way. Yeah. As I'm sure you know. And I'm doing Jack and the Beanstalk. Are you the Beanstalk? No. Are you Jack? No. Uh, Cow? No. No. Um, no, I've run out of characters. Is Wood Swanky in that one? No. Oh. I'm not in it. Oh. I'm just directing it. Oh. I'm just telling people what to do. Like that. That sounds posh. Mm. So I have directed before. I do have. Oh, well, that. yeah, and you've written the dumb things before as well. I, so, I you know. do have some experience. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so they've brought me on board to just purely direct to the Bridlington Panto, Jack and the Beanstalk, at the Spa Theatre in Bridlington. Book your tickets. Who's starring in it? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had this discussion earlier. It's quite impressive. This is Marina Sirtis, who is uh, from Star Trek The Next Generation, mm-hmm. and she's going to be playing the fairy at Bridlington. And she's a huge star, massive in America, Yeah, lives in Los Angeles, jetting over to work with me and to be in Bridlington. And, and that was the thing. As soon as she knew you were involved, that's it. She says, that's it. That's the panto I've got to do. Yep. My first panto, she said, Billings. Really? That's got, if, yep. if, 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 if he's not there, I'm not doing it. She's got exquisite taste. Yeah. So, and, and she's a wonderful comedian as well. She does stand up yes, 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 yes. I've, and I've seen this. a few clips on YouTube and, and it's going to be brilliant. I'm looking forward to that. So that's Christmas taken care of. And before you know it, it'll be 2019 and we'll be back exactly. talking about the latest book and yep. probably you working with Chris White again at and some we'll point. we'll start all over again. And Chris White and I, <laughs> funnily you should mention that, we're down at Nibley. Where? Nibley. Okay. You say it. Nibley. Nibley. Yeah. Just north of Bristol, as I'm sure you know, doing a festival last weekend. Good job you've got a sat now. <laughs> um, Chris White is a poet and cartoonist friend of mine. Oh, we do shows together. So, yes. Nibley. Look it up. Google it. Yeah. You know you want to. Okay. That's all good. Give us the address again for where you can... Read it. Give us the address again for where you can find out about how to give money for your fundraising efforts. www.justgiving.com forward slash... Fundraising forward slash Ian, possibly a hyphen, or Billings or yeah. a dash. Yeah. 
You'll find it's it. It's the billings bit. So you got to get just Google that as well. Google probably. That. Put any of those words in Andy Audio. You'll find it. Give us some money to support a very, very important and good cause. Yeah, and uh, watch your website for all the other stuff. My my own website is ianbillings.com. That's easier, isn't it? Yeah, that's a lot simpler. Yeah. Is there going to be a link on that to your just giving page? I'm glad you mentioned that, Jason. I should do that as soon as I get home. <laughs> That'd be great. And, of course, it'll be all over your Twitter and your Facebook. Exactly. And you can be found just by searching for those. Put my name and you'll find me. Because uh, there's, there's not many billings in this world, which is both a good and a bad thing. Uh, Ian, lovely to see you as ever. And we look forward to your exploits and finding out about them online and in real life later on the year. Thank you very much for having me. In a moment, Sue's time, we'll be hearing from Sugar Thief. But first, let's take a listen to one of their tracks. Sugar Thief are based around the Penkridge and Coven area. They have got several singles under their belt. To tell me more about what's going on, Geordie's with me. Hello. Hello. How are you? Oh, I'm good. And uh, what's going on with the band? Are you all good with you guys? Yeah, we're very sweaty at the moment. We've just been playing football in the heat, <laughs> waiting around. So we're all a bit hot, but it's, it's good, yeah. Yeah, due to go on stage here at the Brood Music Festival uh, over the weekend. Uh, is festivals your thing at the moment? Is it a busy summer? Um, yeah, summer's been fun. We got to play Isle of Wight for the first time the other week which was obviously amazing so that's been yeah it's kind of a new thing for us but like 
obviously great. So, <laughs> so tell us about the lineup because you got two brothers in that. Yeah, yeah. So my brother Jack plays guitar, and then we've got Luke who plays bass, who's one of my best friends, and Reese, who's the same, plays drums. Uh-huh. And uh, musically, where do you sit yourself? Oh, that's a big question. We're kind of like. We all like that kind of indie stuff, but then big 60s inspired as well, like late 60s and like early 70s. So that kind of thing, maybe. But is, is that normal for lads of your age to be listening to that sort of music? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's really normal anymore <laughs> with our age. It's like everyone's into a bit of everything. And, and everything's weird. available. So yeah. how, what's your age range like? Well, because obviously we're, so we're all, three of us are 18. Well, I actually know I'm 18, never turned 19, then one's 21. Yeah. So we're quite young, but... Yeah, I don't know what's normal anymore because everyone listens to a bit of everything, and it's not like the, the charts are made no, up of no, stuff which is new. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's more about just whatever they want to go to and listen to. So it's quite good. And, and how are you using that to your advantage with your music? I think it's just quite nice because it means we don't have to feel pressured about sticking to certain stuff. Like we'll just if we like certain bits from one genre of music or we've found a song that we like, we'll use that in our songs instead of being like, oh, it's not the right kind of music. So I think that's quite nice because everyone's now just like, oh yeah, do whatever you want instead of trying to be jump, like genre specific. So. And when you put stuff out in your social media feeds, I mean, is that sort of following the, the way the band is behaving and, and getting to go out and enjoy yourself, or is yeah. it purely down to the music you're sticking out there? Um, no, our social media is mainly just whatever we're doing, really. Because but not quite what you have for lunch, it's a bit more, uh, more in-depth. Sometimes, that. you never know. Sometimes <laughs> it gets boring. If we're running low and it's dry, you've got to yeah, go back to the lunch. But yeah, it's kind of just photos of us doing whatever, because we're all quite into photography, so we're always taking pictures and... Yeah, someone's got a camera, so. <laughs> <laughs> and what's what's next then? Because you say you've got various singles out there already, so what can people find of you online? So yeah, there's like, I think there's five or six singles, I can't remember exactly, which is bad. But we're recording like a new EP, so that should be out hopefully end of this year, and there'll be a few singles and stuff before that, and then, yeah, so I'm excited about that. Meanwhile, keep looking out for you on uh, online and at, at yeah, festivals. We'll, we'll still be playing, you know, a lot around Birmingham and festivals, hopefully, and yeah, there's always new things happening, and we're... On, on social media is the one there's always bits coming out and what's yeah. all the details we need to look out for it's just sugar thief all one word at everything I'm 40 yeah. everyone has to remember it's always people spelling it wrong with the E before and I but I'm 40 sugar thief one word I'd like a grammatical uh, update as well as knowing make sure I <laughs> enjoy the music as well but Geordie from sugar thief thanks for having a chat no worries thank you
It's 40 years since Grange Hill appeared on our screens. Let's have a little bit of a reminisce, shall we? Uh, to help us do that, we have Zamo on the line, Lee McDonald, and also we've got Rachel Delaney from One for All with us as well. Hello, both. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are things? All good here. And uh, obviously, we, we look back at times at school quite fondly. And, and for you, Lee... Uh, it, you had two schools to go to, one of which was Grange Hill, which hopefully, yeah, it was a little more abnormal to your normal day-to-day life at school, I trust. Yeah, it was. It was one I was getting paid to go to school, uh, and the other one I was doing education. But the ironic thing is, it was my teacher at my primary school said that I was a bit quiet and I'd maybe go to a drama club near where he lived. So it was my teacher in my primary school that got me to go to Grange Hill, which is quite mad, but... Yeah, doing two schools was absolutely manic. So I was with all my normal friends and then obviously with uh, Roland and Jonah and stuff like that. So it was a bit bizarre. Absolutely. I mean, the, the series ran for, what, 30 years? And uh, it actually moved around the country in the end. But uh, it, when, when people go back to their school, obviously some things have changed. So for you, though, if you went back to Grange Hill, it just changed regularly. In fact, the building changed, the location changed, and it must have been quite confusing for you. It was. It was initially uh, in a school over in London, and then it moved from that school, and then we was at the BBC, and then we moved to Elstree. So every year we went back. I think everyone was fed up with us and just kept pushing us away. (laughs) So uh, uh, next year we wouldn't be where we were before. I remember being at the BBC, and at dinner time there was like 200 kids running into the canteen with uh, Kenny Everett and the young ones and that, and I just think they got so fed up with us. They sent us off to Elstree, and we're the only ones at Elstree. So, uh, yes, yeah, they're pushing us away. Um, 
It's, it, it is. It's, it's so rock and roll. And Rachel, obviously, uh, uh, it, it's, it's nice to find out about this survey. Tell us a bit more about uh, what's uh, been worked out about how teachers can make a difference and they have one of the fond memories from school. Yeah, so recently we commissioned some research basically to find out what uh, people in Britain really thought about teachers because obviously things have changed so dramatically since, since the Zamo days. Um, and it was really interesting to figure out basically Britain's fondest school memories, over a third of them say the teachers are their favourite um, their favorite memories. So what we want to do is kind of basically celebrate teachers because we know how much they do for, for kids and young people these days. What's interesting as well is that of the same amount, about a third said that they didn't appreciate their school days. Um, and I think that's something that we can all kind of relate to. I don't know about you, but I certainly didn't appreciate them at the time. I think at the time you you, you don't realise quite what a good time you're having. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, it's 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 the easiest time of our lives financially, probably. Uh, we've got the, the least cares in the world, yet we've got all these <laughs> exams to do. But the, the, there is some cool stuff. Obviously, Zamo went through some good and some bad in his days at Grange Hill. Uh, so, uh, you know, as we look back and, and, and see uh, how that worked out, but was, uh, was uh, Miss McCluskey one of your favourite teachers down there, Lee? I think uh, of your memories in, in, in the survey, 32% said they didn't appreciate school at the time. But it's when you look back at it that you realise uh, how good school was. And, yeah, Miss McCluskey, there was... Uh, Mr. Bronson, Mr. Baxter, and I think they have a big influence on your on 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 later life as well. You look back, and and the teachers were there, you know were absolutely brilliant, and some were really good, and some were really scary, but only scary in the fact they were trying to get the best education from you. Um, so I look back at as that, and I've got teachers in Grange Hill that were very similar to teachers in my real school. I had a teacher called Mr. Elliot, and I have fond memories of him, but he had a big moustache and, and he was from the army so he was quite uh, stern but yeah 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 school memories of teachers is, is is brilliant. I think that's why the research showed us that about 20% of people said that they have a huge amount to thank their teachers for and again just feeding into what Lee said there it's, it's just amazing to see um, the difference uh, we were talking about earlier on how you know years ago it was all about academia whereas now teachers focus so much on you know social skills and basically helping people or helping the kids through whatever they're going through personally as well as teaching them you know English and math. The teachers at my school though helped us with other stuff too we had music classes and whatever else uh, mm. but uh, unlike at Grange Hill when uh, as Zamo Lee you got to release an album. <laughs> we did just say no just say no don't have... <laughs> was that the worst record ever it was only initially released as a charity single and then got to number five in the charts and we went off to America to see Nancy and Ronald Reagan to do the Just Say No campaign. So, yes, yeah, 16, that was a massive thing. And so, so you've got uh, weird sets of school memories to work out. I mean, the rest of us can look back at our teachers. I mean, Miss West, was uh, who ran Science Club, was one of my favourite teachers at school. And uh, you, you'd say you do look back uh, and look back fondly. Where can we find out more about this research, Rachel? Hi, so if you go on to oneforall.com, you can find loads of information there. Um, we're, we're super excited as well. We've just run a competition to find Britain's favourite teacher. So stay tuned to our social media channels, which are all One For All UK. And you'll see us surprising the winner now over the coming weeks. So we're super excited about that. 
And if you want to buy a thank you teacher gift card, which, let's face it, every teacher really wants, um, go to oneforall.com. Thank you so much. So check all that out. Uh, find out the details there. And say thank you to your teacher because they will have made a difference. I mean, obviously, we really get talking to the parents who are going to be doing the shopping for the uh, end of term gifts. But, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is it is nice to say thank you. I know the teachers do appreciate it. We have to show our appreciation because they are forming the lives of uh, the kids across the country. And it really can make a difference. And as Lee, as you said there, you wouldn't have had the career you had in Grange Hill if it hadn't been for the way in which you were encouraged to go along to a drama group. And uh, what do you think Zamo would have bought uh, one of their teachers as a gift uh, towards well, the end of their... Well, if it was at the time, it would have been a one-for-all voucher. My, my son uh, is 10, and he was struggling to get something for his teacher. And we, we got a one-for-all voucher, and she was so pleased with it because there's so many shops on there you can buy from, so... For me, that is just a, it's just a bang on for for a teacher and a term present. I think it's brilliant. Absolutely, they can they, they they get a great gift and they can work out what it is they actually want. And if they get a few of them, they can put them together and have something fab, so they can be the coolest teacher in class with some new tech, Absolutely. even can't they? <laughs> well, Rachel Delaney from One for All and uh, Lee. Uh, I just could want to call you Zamo for some crazy reason. Lee McDonald. Everybody still calls me Zamo. It's the way I, I grew up watching you on TV as Zamo. That's the way it works. Lee McDonald, <laughs> aka Zamo, in my head forever. Thank you both for joining us. Lovely chatting Thank to you. you so Thank you so much.
two-thirds of parents admit they put their own parents under pressure to look after the grandkids. To tell us more about this whole survey that's been run by Halifax, I'm joined now by Samantha Womack. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Now, you're a mum of three, but uh, you've also, in your telly work and uh, stage work, played many a mother, and uh, I I assume each of them come at uh, mothering rather differently. Yes, um, this is really appealing to me. This research that was basically done by Halifax is talking about childcare solutions, how most parents rely on their parents, so in other words, the grandparents of the kids, to basically become childcare day centres. <laughs> over uh, half of the amount of grandparents that were asked um, basically said that they felt put upon and taken for granted by their children. So that's really interesting that I think generationally, Um, how people use grandparents now has changed. People are now dependent on childcare help because it's it's so unaffordable if you don't have parents to fall back on. So it's really, really interesting, the research. They found out that 44% of all parents have actually considered either moving back in with their mum and dad or their mums and dads coming to live with them. And so that's almost half, which is shockingly high. It's, it is an awful lot. I mean, how do you think some of the characters you've played would uh, would deal with this as well? Could you see uh, your EastEnders role? Would that would that have uh, been well, a, a happy family? Sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Ronnie Mitchell seemed to lose most of her children, so I'm not <laughs> sure she'd be the right person to ask. She had a fairly traumatic um, role as a mother. But um, me, Sam, I mean, I, I you know, I struggled. I, I struggled because both my mum and my stepdad um, were working. And my husband's mum was up in Liverpool, so not particularly uh, local. We really struggled as two actors. We really struggled with childcare. We would literally beg, borrow, or steal to get um, childcare sometimes. And in between shows, I'd have to, I'd, I'd drop my kids off with one person, and then in between the matinee and the evening show, I'd be getting the train or a coach or whatever to try and get them again and get back before the half. So. It, it's really difficult if you're if you're a working family, which most people are. Um, it's really difficult to find that alternative. Yes, yeah, not easy at all. And, and the, I mean, the reluctance to actually do it, though, uh, I think was it thirty six percent were saying that this is because they didn't get any help from their parents. They don't fancy changing the trend. They're just being a bit resentful and thinking, well, I didn't get it, so I don't really want to do it either. Well, I think they don't have experience of what it's like in in these kind of times, and I, so I think that maybe because you haven't had to struggle in that way yourself you don't really understand why things aren't just as easy as it was when you were a kid but actually you know in those days when the when the grandparents were actually being looked after by their parents it, it was it was different times a lot of people were um still married so there was a lot less divorce there was a lot less single parenting there was um shorter working hour days people tended to work close to home they weren't traveling for two hours to get to a job people thought it harder nowadays uh, quality of life if you if you want a good quality of life you have to work really really hard mm-hmm. and for me personally because I've struggled with it myself I know that when my kids have kids and I'm a grandmother I'm going to get it in the neck <laughs> <laughs> but I understand and so I would actually let myself be relied on because I don't want my daughter having to go through the same stuff that I have to go through so if I can help even though I've been knackered I think I'd have to because I I don't think there are many alternatives available now where it, you don't, you know, you don't end up bankrupt. 
Well, plus you're happier leaving them with a member of the family anyway than you are with uh, somebody who you're just employing to, to do the job. But as you say, there's the travel is a big part of this as well, with yeah. Yeah, grandparents taking, on average, one hour and 23 minutes to look after the grandkids. So that is another reason why it's going to be a hard job for them to do. Yeah, I think that's, that's, a, that's a generational thing as well, that we've all moved away from our kind of local areas in order to get decent jobs or decent work. A lot of us are having to kind of move away from our family and friends. And also then you've got kind of community issue where, I mean, when you're moving around a lot, you don't necessarily have the relationship with the people on the street. Say I would have had in the 70s when I grew up, my mum in those days would leave me by myself. I mean, I'd be six and seven and somebody from next door would keep an eye on me because she knew her and she said, you know, I'll be home an hour late. I'm not sure whether that strong sense of community exists as much anymore because people are just very transient. They move around a lot. So... I think it's a generational thing. I think that people have it harder nowadays and grandparents have to, to work as hard as the parents have to in order to make that financially work for them. And it is slightly harder because those grandparents are now working for more years than my grandparents will have done. There's, you know, there's, there's, yeah. there's up to about a five-year gap for, for some yeah, that's, and that's, that's a big chunk yeah. of a child's life. A massive chunk. And actually, and so I, but there's that other thing now I think, well, grandparents are now experiencing their grandchildren in a way that they never did their own kids because they were busy working so sometimes with grandparents they have that kind of ability to be with a child um in a way that they never could with their own kids and so a lot of grandparents are finding that satisfactory but i think it's the amount of time that they're expected to do it for it's one thing seeing your kids for two three hours on a saturday afternoon but having them from you know 8 30 to 5 30 during the week that's pretty hard going I think I can imagine it would be yeah I know I looked after my nephews for a couple of hours a couple of weeks ago and that was hard enough in itself although the iPad did come in useful well, I've got, all of mine are teenagers now, so they're all on computers or whatever, but I've got a goddaughter who's just um, approaching her first birthday, and I have her sometimes from 10 in the morning till 5 in the afternoon, and I can't move. <laughs> I'm so tired. So I would imagine in your 70s and 80s, you know, that's pretty hard going. If you're looking on, looking after kids that are under 10, you know, it, it, it's some are. It's not a simple one. They are too mobile these days. So give them some electronics. Hopefully it'll keep them busy. It might make it a bit easier. But even so, grandparents certainly do seem to be being put upon. Where can we find out more about this research from the Halifax? So all the research is basically on their website, which is www.halifax.co.uk. So check it all out and uh, see where you fall into the category. And maybe, you know, mums and dads use it as ammunition uh, on the kids, saying, oh, well, no one else is doing it. Why should I? See how you need to do to work it all out. Yeah, exactly. Samantha Womack, thank you for joining us. Great talking to you. And uh, one of your next starring roles is clearly looking after the goddaughter again. Absolutely. That's my next starring role is babysitting. (laughs) See you soon. Bye. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Back with episode 474 next week. I'll see you then. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar, yeah. Goodbye from the mill bar, yeah.